lots of recruiting news to discuss on Locked On Bama today. So uh, hang around, you'll get to hear a lot. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Uh, good, 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 good. Very uh, busy with recruiting stuff. Shouldn't have asked you that. I'm still trying. Uh, I'm also still trying to figure out where the heck my camera is because every time I look at this screen, it feels like I'm looking that way. But anyway, doesn't matter. Lots of recruiting news from your main man over there at ON3, Andrew Bone, a great American. Uh, he's dropped a lot of nuggets here recently. Uh, he believes Alabama now is in the driver's seat for one Caleb Odom, who is one of the best tight ends uh, for this cycle. Everybody loves a tight end. We always do. Um, yeah, I know that right now it seems like some people have him crystal ball to Ole Miss. I know Auburn felt confident for a little bit out of Carrollton, Georgia, 6'4", 220. Um, one of those really athletic, big targets. Uh, but it feels like Alabama's made up a lot of ground and, in fact, maybe the leader in the clubhouse at the moment, right? Yeah, I think it's just a matter of prioritization with Caleb Odom. I think what happens with uh, with Alabama football quite a bit. Um, I think Caleb Odom all along liked Alabama a lot. Alabama always liked him a lot, uh, no doubt. I think it's just a matter of when when – when you know maybe we're number one on Caleb's board but but he's got to be number one on our board too right so basically what's happened with a couple of the top tight ends being off the board he's sort of risen to being the number one priority you know at tight end and and, and now he feels that right so now now Alabama's you know far away his favorite uh now that he's feeling the the we really would like to have you uh and he's a great prospect look I think with fans they look at there's two different types of tight ends, right? And and they look at them differently. A big hulking run blocking tight end, which is absolutely necessary to what Alabama does. Those guys aren't ranked as high. They're not rated as high. Fans don't get as excited about them, even though they might be really good at that task. Fans do get excited about the pass catching tight ends, the tight ends that really are big wide receivers like an O.J. Howard, like an Amari Knobloch, like a Jaleel Billingsley, you know, guys that are playing the tight end position. But really, they're just fantastic receivers. Uh, Caleb Odom is in that line. So fans are, are – he's going to be popular uh, because he's a pass-catching tight end. Now, like Amari Knobloch before him, he's going to have to put on a lot of weight and become a better uh, in-line blocker, uh, a guy that can match up against a front seven at the line of scrimmage. So. He's got a ways to go in his development, but his upside is just enormous because he has a lot of wide receiver tools in terms of his speed, getting open. He has fantastic hands. That's probably his best trait. Um, and it probably helps him that he's playing uh, high school football with one of the best quarterbacks in the whole country in, uh, in, in Juju Lewis uh, over there at Carrollton, uh, who's, who's the number one 2026 quarterback. Uh, in the U.S. and who likes Alabama a lot, uh, and that's his his quarterback. So uh, lo lots of upside to signing Caleb Odom. You're signing one of uh, Juju's buddies. 
No doubt about it. And then there's Kai Bates. Uh, I believe I'm saying that right. C-A-I Bates. Uh, this is a prospect, that uh, defensive back prospect that I know Alabama really likes. I've heard his name a lot, but I haven't. And I've heard him associated with Alabama, but not like on a – yeah, Alabama's definitely getting this cat. He's from Orlando, 6'1 and a half, 177 pounds. Uh, LSU is leading on the crystal ball right now, but it's 28% to Alabama, 18%. Uh, universal four-star, it seems like, national 161 there on, on three. Uh, talk about him, and, and what do you think about Alabama's chances? Yeah, I mean, this is the, the big thing. I mean, so we try to make recruiting so complicated, and, and in some cases it might be. And in some cases it's more simple. What we always have to remember as fans of Nick Saban's Alabama is whether you're leading or not, you only get about 55, I think I think the number's 50 or 55, official visits to give out. You know, now the kids can go on an unlimited number now. They're not limited to five anymore. They can go on however many as they want. But the schools can only give out 55. So Alabama carefully selects the 55 kids that are getting official visits. This is your real wish list. It's almost rare that a kid's on an official visit and he can't commit, right? I mean, it's everyone should know like, who's important to Alabama. What guys do we really like? Look at the official visit list. That, that just it answers every question. And here's Kai Bates, who not only chooses to take an official visit to Alabama, he's on our list. And until they come here and look around and see the spectacular campus, the unbelievable facilities, and sit in Nick Saban's office, the GOAT, greatest ever do it, uh, we can sign anybody. Anyone, any kid that does complete and take an official visit to Alabama, regardless of where they were leaning before, Alabama can leap to the top. And, and, I, and I think Kai Bates is a good example of that. Uh, a really good, solid DB prospect. Uh, hey, LSU's got a great defense about history, too. Uh, sometimes, to me, a great sign of how good a kid is is who else wants him. If you're a DB and LSU wants you, I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> Florida the same way because they got a great a great DB coach in uh, Corey Raymond. So, uh, and, and, by the way, Florida likes Kai Bates a lot, too. So, uh, everybody that knows what they're doing wants this kid. And he's from Orlando. Uh, I do think Al it's fair to say Alabama now is probably left to the top. Is it a visit high? That happened. Sterling Dixon committed to Alabama, just visited LSU this weekend, came back on a, on a, on a visit high, talking up LSU big. That's sort of common in, in recruiting, too. you got to kind of weather the storm. Um, but with Kai Bates, I don't know, this feels a little more serious. Um, and and uh, uh, that that's somebody to watch. Kai Bates and Caleb, o Caleb Odom both. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily right now at this moment say they're on commitment watch. It can happen any second. But I would say that if I'm doing a projection of who's going to be in the 2024 Alabama <coughs> class, I would, I would include both kids right now, both Bates and Odom. And I know Alabama would love to have them. I know that, uh, look, again, athletic tight ends and uh, – uh, six one and a half. I consider that to be a tall DB. Maybe it's not as tall anymore. I mean, I just maybe I'm too old school, but I remember my D DBs being a lot more Mark McMillan than Kool Aid McKinstry. You know, well, length, length is important. Length length is huge. Having long arms, it's just a big part of it. And football, it's a lot like. I mean, even baseball. Football is even more so than baseball. But baseball, if you think about it, you know, first basemen are, are tall and often left-handed, right? And and you know, third basemen are right-handed and they're power hitters. Uh, 
catchers or big body guys. You, you know, but football's the same. It's just even more so when and right now DBs they have long arms, particularly corners, but even the safety. It's because it's so valuable to have a long arm when you're covering a wide receiver because you can use that length to do things like bat away balls. It's sort of important. Yeah, and shout out, speaking of long-arm baseball players, shout out to the baseball team. They move on to the Super Regional. Uh, I, we're not going to discuss this because I'm scared that you'll get on a rant and i got to talk about FanDuel. But um, here's one thing, one reason that I don't like the setup of the baseball tournament, NCAA baseball tournament. Alabama now moves on to play Wake Forest, right, as the 16 and the 1. There are several schools, like Penn might get out of the – Pennsylvania might get out of the Auburn region. And Tennessee will get to host that now because they won that. But my point is, if you think Penn is worse than Alabama, shouldn't Penn be going to Wake Forest and Alabama be going to Tennessee or something like that? I think you should almost say, okay, the worst team to win a regional goes to the best team that won a regional. And you work your way down the list. I think that's the most fair way to do it, but it is what it is, and we'll leave it like that. Meanwhile, i got to tell everybody about FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. You get that no sweat first bet up to 2,500 smacks. And, look, I told you last night to bet on Denver. Hope you didn't, but if you did, it's a no sweat first bet if you did your first bet, so it's not a big deal. Uh, Miami Heat, of course, beat Denver last night and you get up $2,500 on that no sweat first bet over at FanDuel, fanduel.com slash locked on. We love this website. We love this app. You will love it too. It's so easy to use. You can get immediate payout. That's what's super cool about FanDuel. Fanduel.com slash locked on, fanduel.com slash locked on. Go check them out. You will absolutely love it. The rest of the week, we're still going to be talking recruiting because I can't even get all the recruiting talk in this one. We're going to talk James Brockermeyer in the last segment as he's on Jimmy's countdown. Um, also want to throw in, Jimmy and I both believe this. We know what you guys want. You want football talk, and we love football too. But Jimmy and I both believe this. The biggest news this week of, of any visitor is Grant Nelson visiting for basketball. If Alabama can get him, that's as big as any football commitment that's going to be on campus, if you ask me, this week at least. Um, I love Grant Nelson. Would love to have him on this team. But we know you guys want to talk football more, so that's what we're going to do. Daniel Hill, who Jimmy has been – I mean, you have, man, been touting this dude for a long time. Um, I actually told friends in the recruiting industry about him in the ninth grade way before Alabama, so multiple – friends in recruiting industry and coaching uh, when he was in the ninth grade, knowing that he was going to be a big thing. And uh, here, here he is, a big thing. Um, but he visited Alabama unofficially this week, um, and it looks like he is going to have an official visit uh, the 16th through the 18th. Now, that could change, but here's some – this is from straight from Andrew Bone. He said Daniel Hill was there on, a, uh, on an unofficial visit Saturday, and he watched camp but didn't participate. And then this is the key sentence. He said he doesn't need to. How many times does somebody not need to participate in a Bama camp to get an offer? The, the answer is not many relative to the number of campers we have. Oh, that's absolutely true. I mean, it's it's the esteemed list. The uh, you don't have to camp list is esteemed. Now, he may have camped in the past. Uh, that, that could be the case. But regardless, like, you know, when he was a sophomore or, or before his junior year, but Regardless, Daniel Hill is a high priority for Alabama, has been for a long time now. Uh, he likes Alabama a lot. He's another guy I would include uh, on any sort of project. 
expected list for 2024. He's a running back from Meridian High School in Meridian, which has a long history of sending players to Alabama. I know it's Mississippi, but it's also local. It's, it's less than an hour and a half drive from, from Meridian to Tuscaloosa. Uh, Kermit Kendrick, Derek McKee, Kenny Smith, just a long line of, of, of really good players from Meridian over the years. Uh, Daniel Hill is a really big back. He's, uh, you know, when I say these uh, comps and, and, and LM3, the boss has just recently talked to me about this. <laughs> they make a really good point about my comps. I need to do a better job explaining. When I say Daniel Hill is like Derrick Henry, I'm not doing things like saying he's going to be as good as Derrick Henry. That's just not fair. It's not fair to Derrick. It's not fair to use a list. It's just not true. I don't, I don't feel bad. I'm not saying that. I, as a matter of fact, I'll state emphatically right now, he'll never be as good as Derrick Henry. Uh, so, there, you know, there, there are running backs not as good as Derrick Henry that are going to be in the Hall of Fame, okay? Uh, Daniel Hill is just like Derrick Henry because he's a huge, he's a really large back. But he is a back. He's not a tight end or a linebacker playing running back. He's a real back with real running back moves. He can make people miss. He's got uh, what I would call adequate speed and burst. Obviously, it's not for unre unreal speed and burst. He's 225 pounds, uh, but he's got very, very good burst. Uh, but he's just a lot like Derek. And I think if you paired Daniel Hill with a home run hitter, like a Kevin Riley from Tuscaloosa County, uh, that that's just that's awesome. I mean, you know, the ideal is if you sign, you know, uh, Najee Harris, you know, who could be a first round pick type guy. But there's there's very few of those guys around, right? So the next best thing is to have a committee of guys that are really good at what they do. And I, I think Daniel Hill will be a fantastic chain moving back, so he can move the chains and keep the ball. And then eventually Kevin Riley's going to bust one fifty five yards for a touchdown. Uh, that that's how. Uh, that ideally could work, and uh, I'd be really excited about Daniel Hill. A lot of other schools see South Carolina's recruiting Daniel Hill, telling him something totally different than Alabama's. Like, you can be part of the best committee of backs in the whole country, and we'll keep you fresh. And when you go to the NFL, you'll have a lot of tread on the tire. And South Carolina's going, come here, we'll give you the ball twenty five times every Saturday. <laughs> so, you know, it's understandable that that that's that, that's tough for these kids to weigh. Uh, so I think, weirdly, uh, South Carolina is a major player. Watch also Ole Miss and Pete Golding, simply because uh, Pete Golding recruited Mississippi when he was at Alabama, so he has a long relationship with Daniel Hill. If there's anybody who knows something about uh, making people miss tackles, it's Pete Golding. So uh, he, <laughs> he can say, I can teach you uh, how to miss. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, My defense will never tackle you in practice, even when we try. There's also Nate Frazier could be coming that weekend, yeah. who own three has the number one back. Um, yeah. uh, you know, will they both come on the same weekend? That'd be a little odd, but, you know. I love Nate Frazier. I agree with on three, which is a great – we, we all should be agreeing with on three about the rankings. I, I, I think Nate Frazier is number one. I think other services have him much lower. I, I think he's the best back. I think he's at Modern Day, you know, which is a fantastic program. Uh, I, I'm not – I'm just more confident in Alabama landing Daniel Hill and, and Kevin Riley. I'm more confident in it. Uh, could Nate Frazier pick Alabama? Absolutely. We're the best, maybe the best running back program in, in the country. And as I just explained earlier with Ty Bates, when we get an official visitor on campus, 
anything can happen. Anything can happen. I just wouldn't say that we're the favorites for, for Nate Frazier. Uh, then really quickly want to talk about some guys that are committed to Alabama that went elsewhere. Ryan Williams and Sterling Dixon went to LSU. You already mentioned Sterling Dixon was very high off that visit. I think Ryan Williams is probably – I mean, look, Sterling Dixon's a star, right? But Ryan Williams is like a planet. I mean, he's he, he's – you know, he's just got a name that everybody in recruiting circles knows. So does Sterling Dixon, but it's not quite on the same level. I don't mean that at any slight. Um, it's sort of like saying, you know, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan kind of thing. I mean, at least in recruiting parlance. Um, but Ryan Williams at LSU, too, I have a feeling that Ryan Williams is not going to be as awestruck by no matter what uh, people uh, – yeah. No matter what people say or do. Right. And then Jalen Mbakwe went to Auburn, but um, and Perry Thompson actually came to Alabama. Andrew was. Bones was like uh, Alabama solidified its status with him. Yeah, uh, you know, Perry committed to Alabama uh, early. And sometimes, you know, some of the time that's a mistake because a kid commits to his favorite or to his first best offer partly because he doesn't know, or, you know, recruiting hadn't really happened for him yet. He didn't know everyone was going to offer him and give him the opportunity to go there and go on these visits and go get some cool gear and some cool memories and go to parties and there's college girls and everything else. So I think some kids just commit too early, not realizing that they're going to be allowed to be a full participant in the complete recruiting process and go everywhere. Other kids commit early because they're like, this is exactly where I want to go, and I've got the opportunity to go there, so it's over. This is where I want to go. Uh, I think Perry might be a little bit more like that second one. I know he's given this aura out that he's he's open to uh, to, to other pitches, uh, and, and I think that has been true to a degree. But I, I've always – I've never wavered. I always thought Perry Thompson went up at Alabama. Uh, the, the, there was a possibility because he was listening and visiting other programs, so that would change. But – I think in the end, he's actually a lot more like that second guy. I think Alabama is just where he wants to be. Uh, I think he knows what's best for him in the long term, even though the short term is these fun recruiting visits, right? So I, I think Perry ends up with Alabama, uh, but I'm not going to be surprised if he goes on other visits. I mean, Auburn wants to give me uh, free liquor and go to parties this weekend. I might be up for it. Yeah, I'd be down with that. I almost muted myself. Well, I did, and then I unmuted and I got it right. It was quick. All right. It was quick. That was quick. Let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, Jimmy, we're going to move to the next guy on your countdown. That's James Brockemeyer. And we're back. James Brockemeyer is on your list for this countdown. Um, Tommy Brockemeyer is no longer with the program. Everybody, including me, thought he'd be – both these guys would be stars. Uh, Tommy Brockermeyer, much more highly coveted uh, than his twin brother. But James is one that's sticking around. Uh, do you think James has a chance to break into the rotation? Um, not really. I mean, we have a first-team offensive line. You know, we play them 60 minutes. So, this is kind of where James is. It's mostly good news, really, I, I think. But, you know, I think we know this fall the starting center is going to be Seth McLaughlin, and Seth is a borderline All-SEC player. That's what I believe he will be this year and next, either borderline or All-SEC, uh, a good player. Not great. Not, he's not Ryan Kelly, but he's good, uh, and he certainly knows the offense. And I think we know that this fall, if Seth gets hurt and has to miss games, and Seth's been hurt before, 
uh, if he if he gets hurt and has to miss games, most likely the new starting center would be Darian Dalfour, right? Because Darian has started at center before. He's played well at times before at that spot. He's an older, experienced kid. Makes all the sense in the world. Now, Darian's going to be starting at guard, playing at guard. So I think in games like against Middle Tennessee, when hopefully Alabama's ahead 40-something to very little something at the end of the game, uh, and it's time to empty the bench, then Seth and Darian will come out, and the second-team offensive line will come in, and I think James Brockermeyer will be the center with that group. So in that sense, I think we're going to see James most weeks because most weeks Alabama does get to empty the bench and play the second-team guys at the end. And uh, I think we'll see James most weeks. Uh, he just won't start. And if Seth gets hurt, I still don't believe he'll start. In reality, he's really the third center behind Seth and Derry. But here's the good news. I, this kid has really sort of turned a corner. He's a bulldog. He, him and his brother have sort of different personalities in James. James is one of these never-quit kids. Uh, he wants to be good. He wants to be good at Alabama, or he'd be at TCU with his brother. Uh, and I personally believe down the road when Seth cycles out and Darian's gone, my money is on James Brockermeyer being the starting center at Alabama down the road. Uh, I, I think he's that good, uh, and, and I think there's a lot of want to in him. So things are going well with, with James. Uh, probably not a guy, again, that'll be – significant this year in his redshirt sophomore year but uh should Seth move on to the NFL after the season I think James could start as early as 2024 and, w- and would be a good player that's interesting um you know I think everybody if he doesn't play much this year is is, is going to be interesting to see how many people give up on him like just fans not coaches obviously because that's what that's what fans do. If you don't see somebody immediately think, ah, they're, they're already gone. We're, we're recruiting past them. But, you know, maybe he, uh, maybe 2024 is kind of his time. Yep. And his brother's doing pretty well at TCU. I talked to a TCU source the other day, and uh, Trey Sanders is the one doing really well of all the guys. He ended up being the start running back at TCU, which surprised me a little bit, but I'm very happy for him if that's the case. Tommy, I believe, ended the spring as number two. Uh, with solidly with the second team, which means he's ahead of where he was at Alabama. Uh, but I think they're sort of believe Tommy could be uh, a starting player at TCU, again, much like his brother, maybe next year. TCU returns one position. They returned a lot of guys. They have a lot of returning offensive linemen. Tommy's not beating out. They're returning veterans. But uh, I, I, he's very likely to be a starter out there as soon as next year. Uh, and, and Tommy still has a lot of ceiling there. There was always a lot of upside with him. That's why everybody in the country offered it. Well, I mean, it's going to be um, it's going to be funny. I mean, watching TCU, they got JoJo Earl, they got Trey Sanders, they got Tommy Brockemeyer, and um, I'm checking out their schedule. Uh, they open up with Colorado, so that's going to be a big deal. Uh, Probably going to be the game day game, I, I, or I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. If game day is there for that. There'll be a lot of interest in TCU coming off national championship game appearance, uh, playing against Deion Sanders, you know, in his Colorado debut. TCU's going to be heavily favored. Uh, Dion used to coach in Dallas. A lot of Dion's kids are from from there, I mean, on this football team. Uh, so I, I think uh, I think be an interesting game. I think Colorado's going to win more games than people give them credit for, by the way. I, I've yeah. noticed they're over under number three. Their schedule is ridiculous. The schedule's really tough. They lost all those guys with portal. They're not a deep team. But I think people underestimate a little bit how good those 22 starters might end up being. They're signing kids out of the portal. And Deion Sons, a, a quality quarterback. Uh, you know, they signed with the McLean kid, the corner from Florida. He'll 
start right away and be good, Cormani. Uh, anyway, I just think Colorado is better than people think. But, yeah, the schedule's brutal. The very fact that you're starting the season on the road against a playoff team, I mean, they shouldn't be in that game, but I bet they will be. All right, buddy. That's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more Locked on Bama. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.